Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Hey everyone, we are in for a treat as we have one of my all-time favorite people, my own personal doctor, the one and only New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Frank Lippman, back on the show. And, and this is a show that is near and dear to my heart, literally. I'm going to start with my backstory for those unfamiliar. Heart disease runs in my family. My father died from heart disease at age 47. I'm, I'm actually age 47 right now. And a couple of years ago, you know, in working with Frank, we wanted to get a little bit more serious around testing. And so I'll never forget, it was December 2017 because our oldest daughter was about to get baptized. And I got a call from Frank after we did all these tests, I did like 28 vials of blood. And one of, one of the results, my homocysteine was wildly high. I'll never forget Frank called and says, it's a mistake. You need to take it again, took it again. It, it wasn't a mistake. And to give you some more context, your homocysteine should be under 15. Mine was 63. To this day, I, I talk about it with any doctor I meet and people's jaws drop. I think it's an all time high. I remember the conversation it was like, Frank, what do I do? I eat, I didn't go to Dr. Google immediately, which, which is good and very unlike me. Usually I go there and I remember saying like, what, what do I do? You know, is there surgery? Is there medication? And Frank said, no, you're not methylating properly. And he messengered me over a couple of supplements B vitamins, folate, betaine messengered me over. I knew it was serious. Like he didn't just FedEx it. Like we're in New York messengered it over and over the course of a couple of months, I went from 63. First, I went down to 23 over 30 days. And then in the 12 range, which I'm in that range today. And it was through that experience, my eyes really opened one to the power of supplements two to homocysteine and methylation, which is something we're going to go deep on today. And methylation, I'll never forget in homocysteine. When I told Colleen, my wife, how high it was, her jaw dropped because she had a pulmonary embolism after a flight in 2012. And one of the things they watched her for was homocysteine. Her homocysteine was high, like, like 12 or 15, it wasn't mine. And so, you know, when homocysteine levels are that high, it can lead to clotting, you know, whether that's an aneurysm, a, a blood clot, like a pulmonary embolism stroke, it's not good. So at any rate, uh, that, that is the why behind this today's conversation around methylation, homocysteine and why we ultimately created our methylation support plus product, but it's much bigger than that. And so Frank, and in many ways, I've told this story so many times and I, you know, I, I would go as far as you possibly saved my life. Cause this, it was a really bad number and I felt fine. There was no feeling. So I'm going to pause there and at the highest level, like why is homocysteine so important? Well, homocysteine is just an amino acid. Uh, and if you have a high homocysteine level, you're more prone to, as you say, clotting, cardiovascular problems, in particular, atherosclerosis. But homocysteine is really a marker for methylation. That's the big thing. That's the big takeaway here, that when you see a high homocysteine level, you can usually assume that you're not methylating properly. And methylation is one of those key cellular processes that is very important. Everyone knows about inflammation. Everyone knows about detoxification. 
most people know about oxidative stress. Those are other three important cellular mechanisms. But methylation is also a key cellular mechanism. And if you're not methylating properly, you're prone to all sorts of you know, problems in the body, cardiovascular, neurological, reproductive, detoxification, all sorts of problems because everything's intertwined. So, so what is methylation? You know, methylation is just a simple biochemical process that involves a transfer of, of four atoms referred to as a methyl group from one substance to another. And the way I think of it, it's like a relay race. You know, you, your methylation goes from one substance and then the pattern gets passed on to another substance and gets passed on to another su substance. So it's getting passed on along all these different biochemical processes. And it's basically turning or switching or getting the gears to run properly or switching genes on and off. So it's a very key biochemical process that's happening thousands and thousands of times a day. All the, all the time. So that's why it's so important. So your level was particularly high. I mean, I got a fright. I hadn't seen such a high level. <laughs> that's why I messaged you over this. I'm glad you uh, did. Uh, th that just told me that you, there's, there are other problems in the, it's a biomarker. It's a marker. Sure, you're going to be more prone to strokes and, and, and heart problems, but it's telling me something's not working properly in your body. That, that's the big thing. And as you point out, no one usually feels that they have a high homocysteine. It's not like if you know you, you've got a lot of inflammation and you've got some other markers that are high, you just don't feel it. So that's the, the issue. And I had sky high homocysteine, but then there are also people who have very low. So if high is not good, low is also not optimal as well. Is there a feeling attached to low homocysteine? Yeah, I, I don't know enough about, I don't, I hardly ever see very low homocysteines, but I would imagine, yeah, too low would be a problem. To be quite honest, I'm not exactly sure. I don't, I've never seen a very low homocysteine, but I would imagine, yeah, it's like everything else is going to be an optimal level. Yeah. You know, when you talk about all these processes, you know, when you're talking about stress on the body, you're talking about, you're, you're hitting on longevity, you know, specifically oxidative stress. And suffice to say, methylating properly has a ripple effect, all of these things. So it's not just like about this number. Exactly. It's in the same way our, our friend, Dr. David Perlmutter talks about uric acid exactly. as like one, one marker, but it has a ripple effect with all these other things. Homocysteine similar. Exactly. Homocysteine is just one important biomarker that's basically saying you're not methylating properly. And if you're not methylating properly, it's going to mean you're going to be more prone to inflammation. You're not going to detox properly. You're going to have, there's an absolute ripple effect to almost every system in the body. In fact, a lot of people I see who aren't methylating properly actually present with moodiness or depression. Or, or, or neurological symptoms, but especially anxiety and depression. So in the old days, we used to think anxiety and depression were emotional issues or something happened in the past. But what we're finding now, the more we do genetic testing and we see people's methylation processes are off, that affects you know, whether they're going to be anxious or depressed. So it's very interesting. It's not, you know, what methylation or inflammation is what we call an upstream problem, which is causing 
all sorts of downstream problems on all organ systems, in including emotional health. Yeah. Like the way I think about it too, it's almost like a leading indicator. You may not have your, if your levels are high today, you may not be experiencing depression or moodiness, but if it persists, odds aren't good. Exactly. And so one of the things, you know, when I went through this, I, I became maniacally focused on methylation and homocysteine and, and testing and supplements. And, you know, you start Googling homocysteine methylation immediately, the MTHFR gene variation comes up sure. because it's almost like half the population has the gene. And if you have that, you know, I have the gene, I have the double variation, the C677T. My wife, Colleen has the gene, which means that both of our girls have the gene. It's like, everyone has the gene. Like, but what's interesting is you say it almost methylation transcends. It's not just if you have this gene, you should be concerned. It transcends the MTHFR gene. It's much bigger. Sure. So, you know, what I realized only after I started doing this 3X4 genetic testing, because I also thought it was just about the MTHFR gene. Now, the MTHFR gene is the key methylation gene. I'm not, you know, saying it's not important, but there, you know, like the 10 other methylation genes, the COMT, PMT, MTH10 or so other ones. So they're all very important. Now, if you have a bad, you know, you have the MTHFR gene and you have gene variants like you have, you can still bypass that gene if all your other gene variants are working well, but it will be harder. So it's not, it is the key methylation gene, but it's definitely not the only methylation gene. I've seen, I see people all the time who don't have an MTHFR gene mutation, but they have all these others and they still will have a problem. So that's a big thing. It's not just about MTHFR and methylation works in conjunction with all these other upstream problems, whether it's inflammation or detoxification or oxidative stress. And as you pointed, you talked about aging. Aging quicker is a downstream effect of not methylation, methylating properly. Heart disease, depression, anxiety, maybe. I mean, these are all complicated issues. It's not just about methylation. But I think methylation is one of those key mechanisms involved in these downstream effects that we all worried about brain health, heart health, you know, emotional health. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And if you think about, you know, longevity and aging, you know, it's, it's, it's I think heart disease is still number one in terms of killers in the United States. And I think you know, it's heart disease, cancer, diabetes. I think those are the big ones. And if you talk about methylating properly, there's a relationship yeah. with heart disease. Oh, actually, the end of the fourth dementia, cognitive decline. Yeah. And there's, and methylation is related to the cognitive decline and diabetes is what, like, these are all connected. I don't and know. Cancer. If a, and cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But so is oxidative stress, detoxification, and inflammation. These are key cellular mechanisms. I think. What happens in Western medicine, and even in functional and alternative medicine, we, we tend to latch onto one thing and sometimes forget how everything works together. You, you know, you can, you know, yes, we can support the MTHFR, we can support methylation, but if you're not supporting inflammatory pathways, detoxification pathways, oxidative stress pathways, you're still going to have problems. So it's, you know, it's a multifactorial 
issue, which is which makes sense. You know, when you look at the body holistic, holistically, that just makes sense. But methylation is a key mechanism, absolutely. So let's spend a little bit more time on oxidative stress. Right. So, so same as methylation is about transferring these atoms, this relay race from, you know, this transferring this baton from biochemical process to biochemical process. Oxidative stress is really this balance of creating too many free radicals that can then go on to cause inflammation and all sorts of problems and having enough antioxidants to balance it. So it's this balancing act between too, too many oxidants or, or, or chemicals that are going to create inflammation and problems and having enough to balance the antioxidants to balance that which is very intertwined with inflammation and methylation. And what about detoxification? And I think it's also important to note, you know, the way you and I talk about detoxification, I think detox can get a bad rap. I think there are many people out there who think detox is what I do after a, you know, weekend of partying with my friends right. in Vegas and that equal, you know. Right. But, but we don't, you and I don't think about detoxification that way. So let's do a little bit of a primer on detoxification. Right. So we all have de natural detoxification systems in our body. For instance, the liver has a system where, where you, let's say we exposed to chemicals from the outside or even chemicals from the inside when your gut microbiome is off, creates metabolites, then that goes to the liver and the liver has to process them. So the liver is this processing detoxification organ that is actually breaking down these chemicals that you're exposed to ingesting or even creating in your gut. It's breaking them down into a different type of chemical that is making it more easily available to get your body can get rid of it. So it's the two mechanisms in the, you know, the, what they call phase one and phase two mechanisms in the liver. One sort of alters that chemical and the second phase helps you get rid of the chemicals. So detoxification is happening all the time in your body. We're just unaware of it. We think of detoxification just, you know, if you've been, as you say, you know, you do a detox or um, you, you need to detox from alcohol, whatever it is. But yeah, it's much more complicated than that. And once again, you need methylation in the detox. That's a key mechanism in the detoxification process. Is one way to think about it, essentially, if you think about our, our bodily functions as it relates to longevity is like there's a wheel and methylation's in the wheel, detoxification's in the wheel, oxidative stress is in the wheel, and all these things need to be working. Absolutely. And if one of them breaks, Absolutely. the other thing breaks and the wheel become the wheel doesn't, maybe this is like the worst analogy ever. No, it's, but a like, great, it's, not, it's perfect. But, but they're yeah. all important. The wheel needs to move, but one of the, if one thing starts to break, it slows down the other thing and the wheel starts to, to churn more slowly or fastly as it relates to aging. All things need to be moving at the same pace. Exactly. So these are the cellular mechanisms that we don't really talk about. We, we, we usually talk about you need to exercise, you need to eat well, avoid chemicals, you need to sleep well, you, know, you need to deal with stress because those lifestyle factors actually then work in our body and, and affect these cellular mechanisms, either positively or negatively. And so one of the things that I've always loved about you is, you know, you're a real MD and you really see patients. 
And there are a lot of really smart people out there in health and wellness and a lot, and I love PhDs, but they don't see patients. So like they have a different point of view. They're in the lab. You're out there, you work with someone, you prescribe, whether it's supplements to me or diet to someone else or acupuncture or stress. And then you see the person again and you see real results. You're not jotting them down in your labs and your port. Like you see them, you're out there in the real world, the front lines every day. With that said, in regards to methylation, like what are you seeing in your patients today? Like, is this, I want to come back to this idea. I think it's so critical. Like it's bigger than the MTHFR gene and just in general, like in terms of inflammation, longevity, like what are you seeing in your patients? So I think my practice has now evolved to a whole nother level. I mean, it was functional medicine that we really started understanding the microbiome a little bit more, but now we overlaying that with this really sophisticated genetic test, which is gives us a, an idea of someone's blueprint. So for instance, let's use you as an example with your MTHFRD. You can pick up people's weak areas, their blueprint. They have a methylation problem. They have an you know problem with inflammatory pathways or oxidative stress pathways or detoxification pathways. For instance, there's a common gene variant, the GSTM1 deletion variant for detoxification. If people have that variant, which is not uncommon, it means they're not able to detoxify well, and they're going to have all sorts of problems because of that. So if you overlay this genetic, you know, blueprint of someone and their blood, you know, and their uh, blood panel, you get a really good idea of how you can help them. And you overlay that genetics with someone's microbiome imbalance. It really takes it to a whole nother level. So we have all these ways of optimizing someone's health or realizing where the weak areas are and how they all work together. In the old days, we just used to say, well, take a multi, take vitamin D, take whatever, go exercise, get good sleep. Now you can sort of really hone in on specifics and make it really personalized, which is very exciting. So in terms of methylation, you know, going through my experience, I kind of scratched my head and I, I was like, how, how are we not talking about methylation more? Why are more doctors not talking about this? And then I'm like, oh, well, of course they're not because, you know, they're slow <laughs> in catching up. Right. Right. Everyone, you know, what's your take? Like, to me, it's a no brainer given, you know, I go back to the, the, the pie of what kills Americans every year and it's cardiovascular disease, but it's actually not heart attack. Like it, heart attack is there's stroke, aneurysm, embolism. So right. like, that's all one bucket. And this is like a plays, a plays a significant role yet. A lot of most doctors don't test for it. So like, why don't you think like, are they just slow in catching up? What do you think it is? Well, I think part of it is we, we look at the downstream effects, the effects on the body. So we have a cardiologist, a neurologist, a gastroenterologist, you know, all these ologists, which are really picking up the problem when it becomes a problem in the end, in the organ, in the specific organ. What the future or the future of medicine is happening now is that what we can really do is pick up what we call these, you know, these upstream problems. So you're picking up methylation, inflammation, detox problem. You're picking them up earlier on so they don't go on to cause stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all the things we're scared of. So I think we've entered into a really exciting time in medicine. Unfortunately, Western medicine doctors are not trained in this, so it's very hard for them to wrap their heads around it. 
I mean, this is now functional medicine sort of, but even taken to another level. So in functional medicine, we've always been taught to think of, you know, what are the downstream problems affecting, what are the upstream problems affecting these downstream problems? Yeah, look, I am excited and I'm an optimist, but Western is definitely slow and I'll just provide another example personally. So one of the tests that I do with you and your team, with you, Giovanni and Scott is LP little a. Yeah. And I thought that LP little a got the map because Bob Harper from the biggest loser guys, tremendously fit, had a heart attack five or six years ago and he had sky high LPA and and that's genetic. There's actually not a ton you can do there, but like you should be aware. And he kind of put LPA on the map. At least I thought New York times, Anahad O'Connor, who's fantastic, did a great piece on it. So it was like LPA would think it'd be on the map. My health insurance doesn't reimburse for LPA. They don't acknowledge that it plays a role. It's insane. Whatever it is, it's not a big out of pocket cost. But I'm like, this is insane. How could like, I thought we were to play LPA is a, if your LPA genetically is sky high, you got to be very careful because you may right. have everything else may be good, but if LPA is sky high, you got a problem. Right. And this talks to even a bigger problem with cardiac testing. And most cardiologists or, or regular doctors will just te- check your total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, triglyceride, which is basically a useless assessment of your heart profile. So now we can do, you know, there's apolipro protein B and A that can be done. There's TMAO. There's so many other markers, you know, that can be tested to actually see how, how healthy your heart is. So it's way beyond uh, what we're testing. So LPA, a little a, is just one of those markers that I think is really important. And now when we do a workup, we, we're checking like, you know, 10, 15 different markers for heart disease, not just, you know, the old school ones, which are basically useless. And then, and then the other one too, the CIMT test, which I go to you, it takes 10 yeah. minutes. They measure yeah. your arteries by your neck. Right. Cause if you think about heart, cardiovascular, it's not just about the heart. It's about exactly. the brain. Exactly. So there are all these, you know, what's happening, what, what I find interesting is what's happening in medicine is that all these, which are traditional medical tests that are sort of on the cutting edge that for some reason, doctors are not really sort of catching onto them quick enough. You know, the CIMT is one test. You now can do an angiogram of your heart, a clearly test with angiogram with AI behind it to see if you actually have heart block or soft block. There are so many interesting tests that are coming onto the market that are actually helping us really take medicine to a whole nother level. And they're traditional tests, but for some reason, doctors are not using them enough. Well, on the subject of taking things to the next level, I think what you're doing is really exciting. So, so fill in everyone about, you know, what, what, you, what you're working on and with Hardy. Yeah. So I, I'm now the chief medical officer for a startup, which is fascinating, which is way beyond, I don't even like get part of it because I'm, you know, 67, this is a young generation thing. But there's a, they have developed an app and they've actually developed, it's a, an app where we use the genetic testing I do. We use all these biomarkers that I do with the blood. And then on top of it, they overlay information from wearables. So continuous blood glucose monitor, an aura ring, other, other measurements, your weight, your, your, you know. So basically the information from wearables your genetics and blood biomarkers and put it all together in this one app 
which is actually pretty mind blowing. So you can, so someone like you can, you, you have your, we have your blueprint, your genetics, we have your bloods, and then you're measuring how your sleep is affected or how your blood glucose is affected. You know, cause what we're finding is the standard diet, you know, some people can, you know, blood glucose can shoot up from eating something that they wouldn't think would make a shoot. Someone can have a whey protein. And I've seen this, not common, but the, the blood glucose, you know, goes up. So it's very interesting that you can really pinpoint or fine tune what you do for your health with putting this all together. And as far as I know, no one else has done it. So this is, I don't know how they got this app together. You know, when I spoke to you, you know, a few months ago, it was like a pipe dream, but now they've just got this app together. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. We should get you, uh, you should come check it out. It's pretty pretty wild yeah count me in you know that and i think there's such a need for it you know as someone who's got his aura and his whoop on and does all the testing i think the next frontier and what's needed are actionable insights so yep. it's one thing to look at the data and be like all right you know okay there are some easy conclusions like all right maybe had two drinks instead of one affected my resting heart rate and sleep and so forth like pretty easy or if you're wearing a cgm okay had oatmeal, but didn't add right. uh, a healthy fat. So blood sugar spiked, like, all right, I got it. But I think the next frontier is getting more sophisticated around actionable insights. Like how do you, it's one thing to look at the data, but then it also be, could be, it could also be overwhelming and TMI. Absolutely. So, so it's, that's very important. I mean, for, it's not, this is not right for everyone because it can be overwhelming, but what's the, the beauty of, of hearty or it's joinhearty.com is we have a, my, actually happens to be my nephew, who's a physician and physiologist. He lives in Amsterdam. He was trained in Australia. Who's an athlete. He's a super athlete who's been you know, measuring his blood glucose. He's obsessed with technology. And his insights are unbelievable. So he monitors that it, and it explains. So we now have this club on, on hearty. So someone says, oh, my blood glucose went to 150 while I was exercising. And he you know, gives you the, the insights and why this happens. Pretty out of my ballpark. This is not where I can go. I don't, I don't even get this stuff properly. So it's harder for me to get. But we have these young guys who like into it, who's, you know, I mean, he's a brilliant guy. And he's dealing with that part of, of the join hearty piece, which is wonderful because it's, it's out of my realm. I mean, I'm good with the genetics and the bloods and what I do. But this whole new world of biohacking, which is sort of, what we're doing, it's combining the biohacking with what I do um, and putting it all together. That's his world. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, you're the best. And I think with all the biohacking and all the data, it's also important to, to take a step back and also not get overwhelmed by the numbers and have yep. a perspective where, Hey, look, also what I've learned about all the testing and you've seen this with me and, and me, you know, freaking out sometimes over numbers. Sometimes the numbers are wacky. Sometimes they, they don't make sense. Sometimes your blood's had a bad day and you can also over test. And, and I think that's where like working with a medical professional, yeah. professional to provide the perspective, because it's very easy to go down this, you're testing for everything and that's not helpful. And, and that's very important. I think that's where, you know, my 40 years of experience the wisdom you get from not overreacting and seeing it, everything in perspective is really important and not just treating numbers because you can't just treat numbers. You've got to treat, you know, you know, the person as a whole. So it's not just about numbers, but I think numbers can be helpful. So I'm not yes. 
denying that, but I think it, the, the context is very important. Absolutely. You know, at, at the moment you get every, every number and every marker perfect, you know, maybe you walk in front of a bus by accident, <laughs> you know, it's like, you got to look, there's just a lot of that. We don't, we, we can't, con I, I understand the, on one hand, we do control our destiny. On the other hand, we don't. And I think there's always a delicate balance with precision medicine, which I know you, right. you appreciate. Absolutely. Well, Frank, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for taking the incredible, you and your team, you, Scott and Giovanni, for taking incredible care of me. And it's just so important that people are aware of methylation and homocysteine. It is bigger than MTHFR. It does ladder up to longevity in every sense, no matter how you think about it. And again, thank you so much. And thank you for spreading the word. Now we have a special offer for all of our listeners. Go to mindbodygreen.com slash methylation pod and enter the code methylation pod to get 25% off your first order of our brand new methylation support plus, which as you can tell, I love this product and I'm super proud of it and hope you give it a try. Take care. Be well.